Hi, everybody. It's Wednesday, January 24th, 2018. This is the Parent Driven Development Podcast. I'm Josh Pitts. I'm here with my friend, Chris. Hey, folks. I'm Chris Sexton, and uh, I'm here with Allison McMillan. Hi, all. I'm Allison McMillan, and I'm excited to be here with my friend, JC. Hello, everyone. I'm JC Avena, and I'm here with my friend, Mandy. Hi, everybody. I'm Mandy Moore, and I am burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, I, you know, I wanted to take on this show because it's important to me. I think, you know, being a parent is a very big, important part of a lot of people's lives. And we're all in tech. I just got back from vacation this weekend, which really wasn't kind of vacation. It was more of a retreat slash moment slash clear my head kind of thing. My mother passed away a year ago and she had always wanted to go to Niagara Falls. And so I took her to Niagara Falls, her ashes, and I spread them in the falls. And it was very great and therapeutic, but it was also emotionally draining. I didn't take my daughter. I left her with my dad, her grandpa, and I missed her, but it was something that I needed to do. And now uh, tomorrow I'm leaving again to go to a conference in D.C. And I, while I'm super excited to go to this conference and meet some amazing people, I am just like, oh. And she's she's already, you know, pulling the mommy, don't go <laughs> kind of thing because she's staying with um, her best friend and um, neighbor. So they help me out when I'm gone, which is very, very helpful as a single parent. But um, yeah, so I was just kind of thinking that maybe we could talk about being freaking crazy busy in the world of parenting and handling parenting and travel and tech and ourselves and that kind of thing. So go. So, you know, I was sort of kicking around the idea of this podcast for a while and part of me was like this is so important and the other part of me was like what am I even thinking about embarking on I had a friend this week say to me yeah and so it seems that you have 26 hours in your day where everybody else has 24 but yeah I agree I mean it's just there's a lot I mean we're prepping for you know for baby number two and sort of figuring out all of the Fortunately, there aren't as many to-dos as there are for your first child, I feel like, or we're just ignoring a whole bunch of to-dos that we have decided don't make the priority list. But yeah, definitely a balance between parenting a toddler and making sure that he's getting a lot of time before the baby comes and all the things that have to be done you know, for a new baby, plus full-time work and you know, being a developer, like continuing to sort of learn and push myself. And it's definitely a balance of a lot of different things. There's always things to do if you look around, right? And uh, Mandy, I think uh, from the panel here, I think you're the only one that is in this specific situation of uh, being a single parent right now. So it's awesome that you have that support group with your neighbors and uh, yeah, your you know daughter is comfortable enough staying with them. And so that's good. But uh, I understand because I'm tired all the time and it, it's <laughs> never ending. It's, it's just what it, it's, it's a constant state of being, right? You're just being, uh, you go to work. I get, I get plenty of sleep, but I'm always tired anyway. You go to work, <laughs> you can get physically, emotionally, and mentally drained at work. And then you can, uh, from there, you can move on to now being with your family in the, in the evening or whatever. And the same thing happens. So 
if you're traveling on top of that and then kids are pulling their little guilt trips on you and you know which they do feel it and they they feel that separation and and they want their their parent some kids still want their parent i guess some kids don't they they grow out of that as they get older the teenagers don't really care that much seems like <laughs> which is okay too but it is exhausting it can be and you do need to take a, a minute to uh rest a little bit and take a breath and figure out where you are and, and learn to say no to some things, I guess, is another important thing. At some point, you just have to be like, sorry, I need to rest. I need to take a break. I need to just recharge. So it's important to have things outside of the daily grind, I think, as well, like either a hobby, which you think, well, I don't have time for a hobby. But I think it just recharges you, re-energizes you, and it, and it gives you a clean slate for the next go around. Yeah, you know, developers, it comes down to priorities and um, finding the things that actually consume that time and cutting them out. It's, you know, one of the things I wanted to grow up and have my own house and it was going to have a beautiful lawn and I was going to take care of it because that's, you know, that's what I can do. But then I just decided that, you know what, that mud pit that is my yard, yes, that's fine. I'm just going to let that go and and I'll pay, I'll pay someone to come and mow it. So it's, you know, the neighbors aren't like yelling at me, but um, it definitely isn't going to win any awards. And that's something that for a long time I thought was really important. And turns out, no, it just isn't. <laughs> We're just going to let it go and um, uh, just decide to be, be okay with it because I'd rather spend that time, you know, doing something with the kids or, you know, keeping up to date so I can remain employable, that sort of thing. The, the little things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to afford the mud pit, you know, so. I, I do. <laughs> you have to pay for <laughs> exactly. it somehow. Exactly. I, I feel the same way. I think our yard is probably the worst yard in the neighborhood right now. <laughs> and it's embarrassing. You feel it's embarrassing, and then you realize, you know, it's like, it's okay. It's not terrible, but it's not great either. We need to work on it a little bit more and, and give it a little more TLC. But it's, you make a good point. You have to prioritize your time. So what what's not going to resent you? Well, I think the yard's not going to resent me personally too much, but my kids might, or I might miss out on my kids doing something. And so those are fleeting moments that you definitely need to take advantage of. Yeah, definitely. When I came back, I came back Monday and I, I was a seven hour drive from Canada to Pennsylvania. <laughs> so I got back right as she was getting off the bus from school and she had on Mondays and Wednesdays, she has gymnastics at four o'clock or five o'clock. And I was just like, if I don't say anything, like maybe she won't say anything because I'm really tired. <laughs> And she didn't say anything, so we kind of skipped gymnastics. And then all night I was like beating myself up about, oh my God, you're so sneaky and you're a horrible parent because you purposely <laughs> played hooky with gymnastics and you should have reminded her and she loves it and you're horrible. No, not at all. I mean, I just recently returned from a, a trip abroad as well and I came right back at after school time and it's the difficulty level just ramps from you know zero to a thousand percent all of a sudden i think it's really difficult coming back even after one day away from your child and your family and trying to get back into that groove of mornings work school weekday nights it's that, that's a hard grind i've also um failed to mention a, a girl scout meeting here and there yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you you know full disclosure if my if my daughter you know does say like oh are we going to are we going to Girl Scouts I really want to go to Girl Scouts like okay cool we'll go to Girl Scouts uh yes you reminded me uh but but if she doesn't I feel like it might be kind of their responsibility too because it shows you like how much they care 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, instead of instead of you just like throwing activities at them. I'm not saying you're throwing activities. I feel like sometimes I just throw activities at my daughter and prioritize our schedule over what she finds interesting. But I'm like, I paid for it, damn it. Like, she should go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're the parent that's away for a couple of days, like the minute that you walk in the door, like you better be ready to take up that role. Like you're, you know... Oh, partners yeah. sort of, you know, they're they're going on break mode if you because I've spoken at a lot of conferences this year and it is it's really like I knew that like the second that I walked in the door, I needed to be ready to parent because, you know, husband was like quote unquote off duty, at least at least for a little bit. So yeah, you really have to have to make that transition and be ready to jump especially, right in and get right back to it. Yeah, especially those those toddler infant years. That's Absolutely the case. It gets better as they become more and more autonomous. <laughs> but um, yeah, at first, that's it is just so intense, and it gives me so much respect for uh, folks like Mandy who are who are you know can't hand it off when they when they've been just pummeled for so long. Like <laughs> I, I don't even understand. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend that said that you know when your kids are younger, your parenting is still very much an active verb. Right. So at, at some point it can sort of be like parenting gets a little more chill. But, you know, yeah, when you have when you have young kids, it's still very much like you have to be on and paying attention and ready. Right. right. And we switch to the more like now they have structured activities, but they understand things like, hey, I'm burnt out. I need to skip tonight. And, you know, if I ever told that to my kids, I'd be like, all right, no, that totally makes sense. And we try to be very blunt and do that every once in a while. And, and, you know, just talk about like, we're going to skip practice time because everyone's tired or like we need to skip practice because dad is really tired. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have the same thought all the time. Last night it was judo and piano. And I was thinking, uh, really, do I really want to take them tonight? (laughs) Like, yeah, I do. They need it's, it's good. And it's good for them. It's not a big of a, that big of a deal to do it. But man, when you finally got home and you're sitting there comfortable and, you had some dinner and, and you're, you're finally relaxing a little bit. It's like, oh, now i got to get up and go on the cold again and do it all over. Can I just say how wonderful it is to know that I'm not alone? No, you're not. <laughs> and that people do this too. <laughs> it's, good, it's good to have confirmation that I am also not the worst like parent. I thought I was like soap opera levels of evil for like <laughs> skipping out on activities. Yeah, like I love it because, like I said, first of all, I pay for it. Second of all, she likes it. But I'm sometimes like, oh God, no, not tonight. You know, my daughter with has been serious at gymnastics for a while, and she's to the point where she's like, I don't want to go to practice, and that's a lot of work and things like that. And um, she'll say that like every time. And you go and pick her up, and she's having she's having a good time and seems happy. And plus, it's like her best friends are all there. But every time we go, it's like I don't want to go. And so then that's even more tempting. Yeah. Sometimes we do have to be the parent to like more force that. Well, yeah. See, I, I grew up in a family where, and I mean, not to like make my dad sound evil or anything because he's not, but he was like, if you sign up for a commitment, you're going and we're going to take you and you're, go- you know, it's, it's three times a week. And I'm like, uh, why aren't I like that? <laughs> We, I grew up in the exact same like situation. I, I, I went out for band and I was hauling that French horn for a year guaranteed. There was no getting out of it. And so that was drilled into me that like when you sign up for something, you are, you've made a commitment and you're going to follow through on it. And I feel like sometimes I, I, I struggle with pushing that on my daughter 
but giving her space to like experiment. Like she's she's ten. She doesn't automatically know which activity she's going to join, so she has to like sample them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and it, there's a balance there with um because there are stuff where you know you know deep down they they like it and they just want to be lazy and not go, and so you got to kind of push through. But then there's also times when I'm like, oh yeah, no, this it's priorities. This just doesn't matter. Don't we don't need to keep doing this. So finding that balance is so damn tricky. Yeah, we do the same thing. Uh, I grew up that way. My wife grew up that way with our parents telling us you need to follow through. We didn't. I know I didn't always do it, and sometimes I wish I had. So with our kids, we talk to them before they sign up for something. We say, okay, if you sign up, you're going to do it. Yeah. And you, you, the seasons aren't that long for sports, for example, for younger kids. And if they like it, they can keep doing it next year or you know, sign up for something else. But we do say, hey, if you're signing up, you're taking up a spot, nobody else is going to fill that spot. So you make the contribution to your team or whatever you can commit it to do. Uh, so we do push them that. And so we have to be the adults, unfortunately. And you know, I've looked around and, and then my wife and I are the adults in the house. So we have to make those decisions. Sometimes, sometimes I was hoping there was somebody more adult than me and I could just ask them what we should do. But gotten old enough, I think that now it's me sometimes. And uh, we do have to make those those commitments and follow through. And my wife is definitely the better one at that, at being consistent and being structured and being organized and than I am. So our kids have, I think it helps kids flourish when they have the structure around them and i think it helps as a parent it kind of helps you know this is what we're doing these days and the other days are free or we can cut back here or there but it's not as disorganized and as wild in in your time and so you're missing things or like manny said i paid for it i need to take her and i know when it is rather than oh was that today or was that tomorrow or what everything's in the calendar and it just helps and when there's that, that structure around everything, even when they go to bed, it's like you can do whatever after your your responsibilities are done. You can play or do whatever, but you're going getting ready for bed at this time, et cetera. Otherwise, they would stay up all night and then in the morning don't want to get up for school. They're tired. They're cranky. They're not they probably won't learn much at school because they're tired. So I think the structure and the follow through from the parents definitely helps the kids. And I know it kind of helps with our sanity, even though we're tired. I grew up in the opposite environment. Like we had very little rules. Like, you know, sometimes if we would say that we didn't want to do something, then like, you know, my mom would say like, no, you need to do it. But for the most part, she was sort of like, whatever extracurriculars you do, you do. If you show up, you show up. If you don't, you don't. I think for her, you know, she was a single mom and there were three of us. And so it was definitely like a pick your battle sort of situation. And I feel like we are actually taking more of a hardline approach already with, with Devin. Like he's doing soccer and this weekend he, you know, he didn't want to go. He had, this is, it's like the second one of, you know, taught soccer or whatever. He loved the first one. And so, you know, I said to him, look, I said, we are going to soccer, get in the car. We're going to soccer. But I do say, I say, if you don't want to participate, that's up to you. We're going to go, we're going to check it out. If you don't participate, then you need to behave and sit next to me, but we're going and you're going to be there. Uh, and so it's funny. Cause it's sort of like, and we don't know if we're going to be that 
you know, we're still at the very early stages of any sort of activity thing. So who knows what we'll be like in the future. But for now, I'm sort of like swinging the other direction because I grew up with such little structure that I'm like, no, you should like, you need to go, you need to be there. It's up to you if you, I'm not going to force you to participate or like punish you for not participating, but you need to be there and you need to behave while you're there. My theory is that you know, our kids are going to be fine no matter what. I mean, okay, there are things that could really screw them up. But by and large, <laughs> <laughs> what sure. how we run our households on a, on a weekly basis, they're going to be fine either way. I view it more as what works for you. Like if having the soccer schedule and like, you know, getting them in the car and taking them to soccer and being like really diligent about it, if that helps you get through the week, awesome. Like your mom, probably it helped her to just be like, yeah, whatever, see ya. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's just we as parents, we all try to cobble out just whatever works for us. And however you get by and, you know, just knowing you're telling your child that they're loved, knowing they're loved and they're safe. And everything above that is just to help you get by. I just I feel a lot of judgment. I don't know if it's because I'm a single mom, but I get judged all the time. Like if I don't do something right, like somebody will be like, why are you letting her do that? Or I've had neighbors come up to me and be like, why are you letting her skate down that hill? And I'm like, uh, because she can. But people just like step into my life constantly and second guess me and say, well, maybe you should be doing things this way and maybe you should be doing things that way. And that like gets to me too. Like, do you experience that? I do all the time. I don't, this might be interesting, like the male versus female thing. Oh yeah. I was going to theory about this. Cause yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it all the time too, where like our son's a climber and so I'm like not a helicopter mom, especially at the playground. Like he, he's always been really smart with his like limits and what he can do and what he can't do. And he's never like stepped off the edge of anything or at least not yet. And so, you know, we just sort of let him do his thing. And there are lots of parents that are like, you're letting your child climb that you're letting your child do that or, or whatever. And yeah, I definitely get the judgment. I, have decided that I do not give a shit. Like that's sort of my, you know, I'm like, whatever. I know my kid, you don't. And I really don't care what you have to say. I don't feel like I get very much judgment in other things. And I've always been kind of a stand back and, and watch and they let them go and do their things, interact, climb on stuff, jump off of things. And it's interesting because I definitely feel like my wife will say that there's times where, you know, she gets glares and comments and things like that. And I, and I was never sure if it's like, is she more sensitive to that? Which is probably true. But I also feel like it, it just simply happens to her uh, more often than it would to me. Um, and I think that's just kind of the dads get a different license on, you know, what they're doing uh, with their kids out in public. It could be we're oblivious to it too. Yeah, know. that 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 very well might be the case. Um, my wife might, might make a comment, and I just go like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, isn't it cool? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah check it out. <laughs> yeah, check it out. Check out what my kid can do. Right. I, I, yeah, my wife uh, make, has had several occasions where people have approached her and and basically chewed her out, like at the mall when they were at the play area with a bunch of kids and and our kids and some friends and stuff, just random people do them out like you got to keep an eye on your kid and you got to do this and whatever. Never and, uh, and 
and I've never had that happen to me, right? And I, I used to take them too, just as much. And so I think it may be that, you know, some people feel like, well, she doesn't know what she's doing or whatever, which I think is odd because you would think they would think the mom knows best, but versus a dad, because the dads are kind of always portrayed as being a little more clueless and stuff. But maybe just they just feel a little more licensed to be confrontational with women than with men. I don't know. But I think it does happen, Mandy, that it's not in your head. It, it does happen. And just conversations with my wife that it's happened to her and it's never happened to me uh, and it's multiple times and she says i've seen it attract the crazy people and whenever i'm out in public with my kids especially when they were younger and in public places and uh they were just being kids and playing with other kids and playing nicely with other kids and their friends and you know random ladies would come and chew them out or whatever like specifically, like I know this for a fact because I've been told by other neighbors. I live in a townhome community where there's an HOA and the leader of the HOA is she actually for a gift card for Christmas light competition, her husband won first place. Who does that? Anyway. Apologies to any of our readers that lead HOAs, but it's always the HOA leader. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, like somebody told me that I'm known as the single mom that doesn't give a shit. And I'm like, that's not true. First of all, I'm inside. I have an office. My window overlooks the street. I am constantly looking out the window. I can see my daughter. I know where she is. She knows to check in once every hour to two hours. And, like, I'm not this person that doesn't give a shit. I'm working. Like, hi. Like, just because I don't work in an office or drive, like everyone's like, well, she's always home, but her, her truck never leaves the driveway. Yeah. Because I work from home probably more <laughs> than you do. And it's <laughs> like, crazy. I'm constantly being judged and it pisses me off. That's interesting because I hear a lot, especially from coworkers and, and other parents or parentage people of like, nostalgia of wishing that they could just let their kids go outside and play like why don't they do that instead they just sit inside the whole time and that sitting inside and on a screen and all that is bad and what we should do is have them out roaming the neighborhood and playing and making mistakes and learning from that and it's funny that there's you know that's one one thing that's happening in in our culture but on the other side you know you're dealing with a whole neighborhood of people that are going to gang up on you because you know you apparently just couldn't care <laughs> No, it's not. And, and like, I do care, but like, I'm of the mindset, like, as you said, like, if she busts her knee open, she busts her knee open. She learns right. from it. Like, I'm sorry, like, people are like, oh, well, you know, people are creeps and she could get taken. Yeah, well, she could get taken to if I'm there. Like, I cannot, like, yes, of course, I don't, you know, want her to be kidnapped. But if I spend my life thinking she's going to get kidnapped, that's not a life for either of us. Yeah, usually it's people that spend their time watching like some all-day news channel that feel that way because that's all that you ever hear. It's every bad thing that ever happens in the world, you hear it. And so it sounds like it happens everywhere all the time, even though it's safer than it's ever been. Uh, we're lucky. We have we have our kids. We have a big backyard, and our neighbors have kids from my daughter's age, and we they play with between our two backyards. We have trampolines, we have swing sets, we have trees, we have whatever, and they play in the mud. And so they're usually back there um, unless they're going on a walk or on a, on a, to the park or something. And so our neighbors are great, but down the street, there might be some nosy neighbors, which there are. And if they have something to say or whatever, they, well, they can come and, and say. But for the most part, we haven't had any trouble in that in that sense about our kids just wandering around. But I know that some uh, some people that, that 
have their kids playing in the front yard had someone call the police to do a check because their kids were playing in the front yard. I'm like, that's ridiculous in a cul-de-sac, you know, and I'm like, that's, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, when that when the the neighbor came over and approached me as I was getting my mail, she was like, you know, your daughter's been riding down this hill. And I said, and? And she goes, well, she shouldn't be doing that. And I said, why? Well, that hill's steep and she could hurt herself. I said, she could fall down the stairs and hurt herself. I'm like... You're going to have to get rid of the stairs. Yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, you need to like... I, and, and finally, I said to her, I was like, you know, if you have nothing... I said, I'm sorry. Well, first of all, I guess she's like, there didn't used to be kids here. And I said, well, I'm sorry uh, that there are now. Yeah. I was she like, doesn't there, have kids, does she? <laughs> Ding, 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 that's the issue. And there's there's a neighborhood full of kids now, and I'm sorry, but if you don't like it, maybe you should go somewhere else. And if you feel the need to sit there and watch my kid out the window, I said, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> and I said, please don't approach me about my child again. And I was kind of nasty about it, like, but I, I was like, stop. Like, let me alone. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and and depending on what, you know, what state of mind you're in at the time, it can go, like, that conversation can go in many different directions. I was thinking being the, you know, the sarcastic smart aleck that I am, I probably would have been like, oh, you like watching my kids through the window? All right, well, let me know if something happens, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or something like, I appreciate you keeping an eye on the kids, you know, yes. so yes. Uh, let us know if something happens or whatever. But yeah. I mean, I'm out there when, our, when my daughter wants to ride her bike. Uh, we have a busy street because we're not in the cul-de-sac. So one of us usually is or one of the brothers or somebody, we want them at least to go out there and they'll go ride their bikes and they kind of stick together. And mostly just, to, you know, if she does fall and hurt her ankle or something, has her bike and is halfway down the block, we, you know, she's not going to be able to bring her bike and herself back at the same time. And, you know, she'll probably never want to ride her bike again. And so... It's more of a sanity thing, and it's a safety thing in, in a sense, too. I think we are more paranoid than our parents were uh, just because of how we we're exposed to every bad thing that happens out there. I think my health, my mental health is a lot better not watching TV uh, and not watching the news on TV. And uh, I think my kids can feel, you know, we don't have to project all of our insecurities and, and fears onto our children. We can let them live their lives, right? And and uh, maybe watch from a distance. So she loves exploring. So she goes outside. We have some wooded areas in the back, and I always check her for ticks and stuff. And the neighbor that I mentioned she stays with, you know, if I have to be out of town, you know, we have an agreement. Like, you know, if her kids are doing something bad and I catch it, I am comfortable enough to say, don't do that. You know, and I know I'm not their mother, but like I feel the same like with her. If she sees my daughter doing something, she has full consent on my part to be like, hey, don't do that. And it's not like, why are you parenting my child? Like, it's that kind of thing. But like if I do see kids like doing something like, you know, I did witness one of the neighbor kids digging holes in somebody else's yard. And I was like, don't do that. Stop it. But I'm allowed. No, you're not. Stop it. You know, 
But I just, I love that she can explore and that she goes out with the neighbors. And I think it's important for kids to figure stuff out on their own, especially if they get into like little tiffs or arguments. You know, when we first moved here, any little thing, like she was very sensitive. If something wasn't fair, she would come home and cry. Now, since we've been here for two years, they work it out on their own. And it's like, okay, this is great. Like, they're not, nobody's running home and tattletailing and telling the parents, and the parents aren't having to text each other, well, what did yours say about this? And what did mine say? And what's the truth? And all this kind of stuff. They're actually working it out. They learned that conflict resolution. It's, it is important. My next door neighbors have twins, a boy and a girl around the same age. And as they were, when they were younger, especially, now they've gotten a little bit better, but they would inevitably end up fighting about something arguing or whatever and she'd come home and upset storm in slam the door not want to talk to anybody she just wants to go and be left alone you know and and well what happened well we got in a fight well what was the fight about i don't know and eventually they we we kind of left it we're friends with the parents and we're, we're like we don't care what you kids argue about you figure it out you know it's kind of what we left it at and they've gotten better at it and I don't think we've really had any big issues for a while now uh, as they've gotten a little bit older and figured out how to get along, you know, and they figure out well, something's not being fair or whatever. Maybe they'll come home, get over it and go back to back to playing. But I think it does help their development, right, to have those conflicts and not have the parents have to resolve everything for them. Let them figure it out. They will. We did when we were kids and they can do it as well. So. I think that's definitely an important thing to let them figure out. And, and even if it does mean they're grumpy for a day or two, I think they didn't talk to each other for about three months once. So and this is like, this is seven year olds at the time, I think. So it was, it was pretty, uh, pretty impressive. That's, that's years in seven year old age. <laughs> that, 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 I mean, the commitment to being upset to each at each other was impressive. And, and the, my neighbors and, and us, we were just kind of laughed about it. We're like, is the blood feud still going on? They're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> We just, you know, we're like, whatever, we don't care. They'll come around at some point. So we just let it be. And it took, I think, about three months before they, they started hanging out again. But it was it was funny. I think it's really scary to um, I, I think that's why you don't see a lot of parents doing this or we don't hear about a lot of parents giving their kids, you know, room to grow and work out their own conflicts and discover and fail because it's it's really scary. Uh we used to live on a really busy city road, and we let our daughter um, walk our dog around the block. She didn't cross any streets or anything because we didn't want her doing that. Didn't think she could handle crossing the street. But if she stayed just on the block, walking the dog around the block, we were fine with that. And the first time we let her out to do that, you had to claw me off the ceiling. I was absolutely certain she was going to wander into the street or be kidnapped or I don't know what I thought would happen. And she came back after 15 minutes. I mean, I was like at the door looking down the street to make sure she was coming down the street. But it's really scary to let your kids out there and, you know, sink or swim on their own. And you give them a safety net. But it, I think that's why you see a lot of, you know, helicopter parents, as we call them, because it's it, it's it's scary to let your kids out there and admit that they're growing up and they're going to be independent without you sooner or later and helping that along is it is really it's a big big step to get to that that full free range parenting and i you know that was how i grew up and i remember being 12 and riding my bike for miles and leaving in the morning and not coming back until dark yep. and um, <laughs> yeah, exactly and, and you ate at some friend's house maybe 
<laughs> maybe. Yeah. And, um, and that was just how we did it. And we did the same thing, you know, to have the eight year old take the, take the dog for a walk through. And this is, you know, in a suburban neighborhood, that's nothing ever happens. And it was still kind of nerve wracking, but you know, they did it. And now it's a regular thing and you're okay with it. And, you know, keep trying to give them more and more freedom and push it up, expand, and give them situations that they have to cope with it. There's something magical that happens when they go to middle school and then again to high school because our older kids, it's when they first started driving, I mean, that was nerve-wracking, right, the oldest. And then when he started going on his own, driving on his own to go to school or to go to whatever he needed to go to, and now you don't, you, you become accustomed to it, right, and you get used to it, and now it's not a big deal. And sometimes I think... My wife, especially because of her schedule, might go two, three days without seeing the teenagers because they're gone when she's here and then she's gone when they're here. And it's uh, it just magically happens. I can't remember. I can't pinpoint when it happened. That I didn't feel worried that, oh, my oldest boy or now my, my two older boys or even my 11 year old now when they go out to walk the dog or do something. You just get used to it and you learn to trust them and they, they know what to do if something did happen or, you know, you know, the neighbors and they could go to any neighbor's house really and knock on the door if they needed to and get help and whatever. But I don't know. It's just, we, 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 as parents, I think we also graduate at some point to the allowing our children to be themselves and being independent until they pick out their own clothes. And then it's right back to you. I'm, I'm making your decisions for you because I think, I think we're at school. Well, my daughter says you're wearing that to me. <laughs> yeah. I get the same. <laughs> Oh, no. See, I let my daughter pick out her clothes, too. And sometimes she looks absolutely ridiculous. But I think that's also part of, like, letting them figure it out. My son picks out his clothes. And my husband and I actually had a discussion. He's been picking out his clothes for, I don't know, months, like six, eight months or something. And, like, you really, really nobody else can pick out his clothes. Now it is, like, it's something that, like, it's his decision. It's his, you know, and it's we think it's good for his independence, et cetera. It's actually his responsibility. Like, he is responsible for picking out his clothes and for doing a first pass at brushing his teeth in the morning while I'm sort of getting ready. Those are his like two tasks that he needs to do. But picture day is coming up. And I just talked to my husband. I was like, so are we going to attempt to pick out his clothes for picture day? Or are we just going to go with whatever he decides? Oh, that, that could be... <laughs> like, I, my daughters pick out her clothes for picture days, and the pictures are amazing. They're such a <laughs> snapshot of her her personality at that point in time. Yes. I should clarify the the thing I draw the line at are um, um swimsuits during school days. <laughs> uh, well, yes, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. You're not wearing that to school. No, <laughs> at, least, at least a one piece, honey. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do love seeing their personalities come out in the clothes that they wear. Like you know, the leggings are big right now for girls, and oh, like yeah. the pattern leggings, and sometimes the sh- they don't match the shirts at all, but. I don't care. Like, I think it's beautiful. My son likes to pick out all one color. So he's very, a little less now. I think maybe when he was learning his colors, he was like more excited about it. But so he would wear like a green shirt and green shorts or pants with like his green Thomas underwear. And he would find socks that had green on them. They're all different shades of green, but it was like, it's green day and green is his favorite color. So like Monday he was always dressed like top to bottom in green. That is amazing. He's committed. Great. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be dapper someday. 
Oh yeah. His Chris? style is um uh, or personality is is comfortable. So it's only sweatpants and pajamas. <laughs> that, that's so, my, that's, that's my, my kind of dude. <laughs> yeah, but we're like, no, no, you can't, you can't yeah. wear pajama pants to school. That's <laughs> my mommy so, my, uniform. <laughs> yeah, my 11 year old. No matter how cold it is and stuff, he wants to wear shorts to school. Even my 14 year old, he's uh shorts. And when he was little, though, he was always very sensitive to how clothes felt. Uh, my 14 year old now, and so we always had to cut the tags off, and we, you know, he couldn't wear some clothes because they just didn't feel good on him. He didn't like him; he was uncomfortable. Yep. And even now he wears mostly just shorts as much as he can. And so is my 11 year old. Except my 14 year old has a, a little bit more sense of style. My 11 year old doesn't care. He doesn't want to fix his hair ever. So usually has like some hair sticking up and he looks like a tomato because he put all on different shades of red or looks like <laughs> a blueberry or something. And so we, my wife gives him, uh, you know, suggestions and advice. But at the end of the day, we kind of let him dress however he wants uh, unless it's, you know, negative 10 degrees. And we say, you at least have to wear sweatpants, but they, we let them do whatever they want as far as that goes. And I think they, they kind of start seeing things and noticing and, and they'll, they, they get into their own little personality, what they do and don't want to wear. And, and they're all different. We have four kids and everyone is very unique in that sense of what they care about, what they don't care about and when, at what stage and, you know, what age they started or stopped caring about it. So we just kind of let it ride. I hope my daughter never grows out of the let's wear every pattern possible. I'm going to miss stripes with polka dots with florals. Oh, it's just, it's great. It's so, it's so (laughs) cute. She comes out and she's like, she's wearing every single pattern she wears in the the loudest colors possible. I think it's awesome. Me too. Cool. So we are going to talk now about genius or fail moments that we've had in the last week or two. So these are moments that we feel like we've done really awesome as parents or that we've just completely failed as parents. So I will kick it off. And this is a fail. I think it's like a fail that led to a fail. My son is currently afraid of smoke detectors. It's been sort of in the last couple of days, he's never been afraid of like monsters or the dark or anything like that. But all of a sudden, like the smoke detector is looking at him like he won't walk by smoke detectors without somebody like he's really afraid of smoke detectors. And my husband and I are sort of we're trying to talk to him about it, how he doesn't have to be afraid of smoke detectors and how they keep us safe. And it's sort of this line that we're trying to walk between saying like, don't worry, the smoke detector is not going to go off, but also being like, but if the smoke detector does go off, like this is this is what you need to know. I think that the root fail here, that's like the surface fail. I think that the root fail is that a little while ago, he went to a birthday party at a fire station, which he loved. And he has decided that his like fire safety activity book is like one of his favorite bedtime stories, which we sort of didn't think anything of for a couple of weeks. You know, we were like, okay, so we'd read him this like fire safety activity book as like a bedtime story. But it feels like we may have read it one too many times. And now he is afraid of smoke detectors. And we are navigating how to talk to him about this fear. So that is our that is my fail for the week. I also have a fail. So I, I think I mentioned last episode that we've moved around a bit. And one thing I've learned moving around um, and having my daughter attend public schools is that when you move to a location and enroll in a public school, there's a lot of forms you have to fill out. When you leave a location and you leave a public school, there are zero forms you fill out. You just basically leave. I've, I've called schools before and said, 
we are not going to be attending next year. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks for letting us know. So that leads into this week's fail. Um, we live in the upper Midwest. We've had some really inclement weather. There's been a lot of snow, a lot of ice, a lot of temperatures above and below freezing. And there was a storm that was supposed to be coming through. My daughter was really concerned on Sunday night that school might be canceled. And I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, well, if it is, it is. And if it isn't, that's fine. We'll we'll deal with it. I, I didn't really think school would be canceled. But I said, okay, well, school is canceled. I'll leave you a note and I won't, I'll let you sleep in. That way, you know, you can enjoy sleeping in. I'll leave you a little note so you're not freaked out if you, you know, wake up. So Monday comes along. I get a text message at about 5.30. I should say that our, our school district uh, texts us when there is a school delay. So around 5.30 in the morning, I wake up and I see there's a text message that school's canceled for today. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it, it seemed weird. It wasn't snowing or anything. It was raining. But, you know, the temperature was around freezing. So probably ice on the roads. My daughter was kind of disappointed. She was looking forward to going back to school. So we we had a one of those horrible snow days where um, we stayed inside. It was rain all day. So it was a rain day, which is really, really strange. But, you know, ice, great, whatever. So the next day, she's also worried about school being closed. I'm like, well, do the same thing. If, if the school's closed, I'll write you a note. Sure enough, Tuesday morning, I get a text message that school is closed for the day. But then 20 minutes later, I get a text from a different number that school has a two-hour delay. Like, what? what's going on here? So I, I did what I didn't do the day before. I actually went to our school district's webpage, and sure enough, school had a two-hour delay. The text messages I was receiving about school being canceled were from her previous school district. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow that is an amazing uh, fail <laughs> um that's so great so i had to write her a, i had to write a note to the teacher explaining that evelyn was um absent from school because her father is an idiot and had not unenrolled from the text message service from our previous school district and she threw me under the bus with her friends her every single friend of hers asked where she was the day before where were you what was going on and she she told me she's like daddy i made sure everybody knew it was your fault okay honey, thank you. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> so i can do a, a quick a quick one uh similar story a little while back we had um school canceled it was a snow day and unrelated to the snow day my internet went out and it was the verizon box it it uh, has a battery backup and the battery backup is charged you know by being plugged into the wall and so if, if the power goes out or anything, then uh, the battery will drain, but you still have internet for a while. Well, it turns out the component that charges the battery stopped working. So internet would work, and I tried replacing the battery and all that, and, it, and I, I realized um, too late after it was snowing and um, a mess that um, we needed to get the Verizon guy out. Um, and at that point, roads and schools and other things were shut down. And so now we are home Every, everyone's stranded and we're snowed in and <laughs> the kids quickly realized that everything runs off the internet and they're like well can we watch a can we watch a, a video and you're like nope no you can't well what about a movie like nope nope that's from the internet well can we just listen to music no actually all that that comes from the internet too um, <laughs> well what what can we do um and this was about the time where um my brother-in-law gave us a board game called survive escape from atlantis <laughs> and it's a great board game. You're playing against each other. You're on an island and, and it's sinking and you're trying to all escape off of that. We must have played 10 games with, with the four of us back to back. And the only reason we survived the day, at least from boredom, 
was uh, because of this board game. So uh, I'm going to count Survive Escape from Atlantis as our win. I mentioned how I've been like super busy and struggling. There's been a lot on my plate. So I've been trying to take some things off of my plate. And by doing that, I decided I was going to try a food delivery service. And it has changed my life. Oh my God. I haven't been to the grocery store in three weeks. I eat all the leftovers. She loves the food. And the only drawback that I've had so far to this food delivery service is that now that I don't go to the grocery store, I don't get plastic bags to reuse as cat litter bags. (laughs) So it is a fail. It's a pet fail. (laughs) (laughs) But no, so I I love it. It's called plated and plated like there is. I'm also trying to be healthier. I have a goal to lose some weight this year. I'm going to really start on that next week now that I'm not traveling anymore until at least May. But they have low-carb options. They have under 600 calories or less options. And they have like 20 options a week. Like I've, I looked into Blue Apron and HelloFresh and I tried HelloFresh, but they only had like five different choices. And then one of them was like an upgrade. And I was like, what the heck? So I, I tried this plated service and it has just been wonderful. I've used it for a month now. And if you are busy and you hate grocery shopping and you don't feel like, you know, planning, you want to eat cool meals, but you don't feel like going out and finding that one obscure ingredient that you need to make that meal. I definitely recommend trying plated. I, I, second this yeah third third this we also are on plated it is life changing (laughs) i will offer so i i just had as many weeks as i need to i can send three free boxes to anybody who wants to try the service so if you want a free box to try it there's no commitment you can cancel it after your free box tweet me it's our first giveaway (laughs) Yeah, we, we do the same thing. Um, we, we use uh, Blue Apron, and I like it because you get the whole thing, you know, the whole vegetables and whatever. You have to do all the chopping and actual prep. So, um, but it also is great because it pushes the kids out of their um, comfort zone, and we get a bunch of things that we wouldn't normally make. And it has definitely made them much, you know, much more adventurous eaters. And it's uh, uh, you got these couple of meals you have to cook a week, and if you don't cook them, you have to throw them away. And so that – it forces me to actually do cooking at home. <laughs> yes, that's the most important part. And I, I love it because it's like, okay, I didn't feel as bad going to the grocery store and then like wasting food. But now I'm like, I've saved so much money. I'm using everything. The leftovers are easy just to heat up and it's great. Uh, instead of uh, packing a cold cut sandwich, it's often, you know, reheated pasta or, you know, fish or something like that. And the kids just take it in thermoses and that's what they prefer. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Um, We would love to start answering questions from listeners. So if you have a question that you would like us to give you lots of unsolicited advice about, please email us at panel at parentdrivendevelopment.com. And if you like our podcast and want to support us, we have a Patreon. We would love your support. That's patreon.com slash parentdrivendev. Thanks for listening.